0: Well, good morning. We're glad you're here today. Kids, we are glad to have you too as well. Uh, We're going to talk to you a little bit during the sermon, so just keep your ears peeled, okay? There's some good stuff in there for you, like ways to avoid spankings. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I see those eyes. I need to listen. Good info coming. I mean, Where's my notebook? (laughs) Um, So there is a horrible, yet very entertaining movie with Jack Nicholson and Adam Sandler, called Anger Management. Now, in that movie, Jack Nicholson plays an anger management counselor therapist. He, he does, like, group therapy for people that struggle with anger. And Adam Sandler is one of his patients. He has to come uh, to group therapy to deal with some of his anger issues. Now, Sandler's character, like everyone that is in Jack Nicholson's group, is prone to some explosive fits of, of rage. Anger can be very bad because it leads us into some oftentimes bad situations like this one. Excuse me, can I get a headset? Certainly. Thank you. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> Uh, miss? I'll be right there, sir. Where's your headset? She's busy right now, but it's coming. For crying out loud, you're missing important plot points. Ma'am? Could you give me a second, sir? excuse me could i maybe get that headset please do not raise your voice to me sir i wasn't raising my voice okay just calm down i am calm i just want my headset sir our country is going through a very difficult time right now and if you're not going to cooperate i don't know where a headset ties into patriotism is there a problem here sir Um, i don't think so can you come to the back of the plane with me so we can have a talk but talk about what there's not a problem. This steward is just keep flight attendant. The flight attendant keeps ignoring me when I ask. Calm him. down. I am calm. What is it with you people? You people. Oh, now wait a minute. I don't mean you people, I mean you people, sir. I will not tolerate any racist behavior on the plane. This is a very difficult time for our country. I, I know that. I'm not a racist. I just want to watch the movie. I'm only going to say this one more time, sir. Calm. I'll come! Oh! All right. What do you think? Oh, not guilty. It's a no brainer. Mr. Busnick, in case 723, assault and battery against a flight attendant, I find you guilty. So, if you haven't seen that movie, I would suggest, I mean, I find it entertaining, but don't watch it with your kids. So, Family Sunday there. Not exactly kid appropriate. Um, it's entertaining. So, later in the film, after a couple more incidents, Dave is uh, issued, we'll say, an anger ally. Somebody else in the group is, becomes his anger buddy to try to help him avert situations like that. We are better together when we are slow to anger and when we can avoid relationships that are explosive and damaging. Proverbs 22:24 24 says, Make no friendships with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Anger leads to foolishness. Okay, now whether you're the angry one that's leading other people into foolishness, or your friend is the angry one who's leading you into foolishness, when we act out in anger, we have to deal with the consequences that come thereafter, and, and, and what that really is is foolishness. We end up looking absolutely, positively foolish. Now, when I think of this, I think of one story in the Bible. I'm sure there's others, but the one that really uh, sticks out to me is Balaam and his donkey. Every, anybody know that story? If you if you don't, go to Numbers, read about Balaam and his donkey. But this is the gist of it. So Balaam is a guy, and he's going to talk to a people group that God has told him to avoid. Now, he saddles up his donkey one morning, and they go off to go to this people group, and now the donkey sees in his road path an angel of death. Like, if the donkey tries to pass this angel, then Balaam is dead. That's what's going to happen. And so, the first time, the donkey's like, nope, he just stops. He's not going, right? I'm I'm just going to stop here. It's not going to happen. And Balaam beats him. What are you doing, you stupid donkey? That's how I imagine it. And he just... Beats him, right? So the donkey starts to go on. He says, "Fine, I'll just try to go around him. We'll go on." The next time they're going through this area that's very narrow, and there's really not anywhere to go except to go really close to this wall in this alley. And so the banky, the, the banky, the donkey, <laughs> the donkey pushes up real close to the wall, and he crushes Balaam's foot. And again, Balaam is angry. What are you doing, you stupid donkey? And he just beats him, and he beats him, and he beats him. And come on, we're going forward. So the third time they're still going towards the place that God told Balaam not to go. There's no room for the donkey to go anywhere. Like he can't go right or left, so he just lays down. And Balaam is infuriated, infuriating, infuriate, nope, he's mad. That's what we're going to go with. He is angry, kids. And so he beats him again. Now at this point, this is where the story gets really cool. I'm like, whew. God opens the donkey's mouth." And the donkey's like, What what have I done that you have beat me these three times? And Bathom says, well, you made me look like a fool. You got me sitting here on the ground on my donkey looking foolish. And the donkey says, hey, you ride me everywhere you go. Have I ever done this to you? And Bathom says, no, you haven't. And at that point, his eyes are opened by God, and he sees the angel of death. And he realizes, oh, this donkey just saved my life. And he's left looking really foolish because of the way he acted out in his anger. Now, one or two things could happen here. Balaam ends up looking foolish because he acted out in anger for what he later sees was a bad reason. Or two, the donkey could be like, all right, you want to hit me? We'll just keep going, and Balaam's dead. So like I said, we, when we act out in anger, we do foolish things, and we're either being affected personally, being brought into the situation by others, and either way, not left in a good situation. We either look foolish or we're doing foolish things, or we're leading others to do that as well, and that's not good. Proverbs 14:17 says a man of quick temper acts foolishly and a man of evil devices is hated. Proverbs 14:29 says whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. I love the wording there. Exalts folly. It's like literally praising foolishness. Like lifting it higher than that around you. When we act out in anger, we are praising foolishness. I'm going to tell you another story. I like stories this morning. I'm going to tell you a story about a little girl named Brenna. Now, Brenna has turned out to be a lovely young lady, uh, great kids, good husband. Everything's wonderful. But when she was younger, nine-ish, maybe a little older, years old, she got into an argument with her mother like young girls often do. Uh, they, they fought just a little bit. Now, Brenna, in her anger, decided to act out by writing a word on a foggy mirror after a shower that no nine-year-old should write, first of all, especially when they're talking about their mother. Now, those of you that are curious, it starts with a B. That's all I'm saying, okay? It's what it is. Now, she got away with it. That is until my mom took a shower the next morning and the window fogged up and there was the word. See, because when we act out in anger and we do foolish things, sometimes we feel like we're going to get away with it. But what we do in the dark always comes out to the light. And the way that we act and the way that we behave, we may feel like, hey, it's only affecting me, or I'm going to hide this, I'm just, maybe I'm going to go hit a pillow in, in the corner, or whatever it is that we do, which is a better way to uh, handle your anger than being explosive and yelling at somebody or being physical, that type of thing. But allowing that type of anger to live within us only drags us down makes it easier for us to be like that the next time we run into one of these situations and there's always consequences because kids when Brenda's mom saw the wrong thing that she had done let's just say it didn't end so well for her so at times when we as children act out against our parents because we're angry with something they told us we couldn't do or we think they're being mean to us because they won't let us stay up late or they take away our toys because we're not handling them the right way, and we act out in anger, it's always important that we are respectful to our parents and that we don't do things that lead to foolishness because foolishness also leads to further punishment. Sometimes that punishment involves pain to the backside, a.k.a. spankings. Sometimes you lose toys for a lot longer. Sometimes you go to timeout for a really long time. Sometimes you're grounded for weeks. So it's important that as people, we act slowly, that we take time to think about the things that we do, and that when we are angry, we take a deep breath, and we think about how our actions going forward might affect us. Now, that applies to us as adults, too, as well, right? Because we all face situations where we get frustrated, where we get angry, where that person is driving in the left lane at like 60 miles an hour, and I'm the one sitting there thinking pit movers should really be legal. Like, just right behind the fender, tire, and we're going. No one else feels that way. Okay, I'm just kidding. I I don't really either. Um, I've never thought that. Not once. Uh, But we all can get angry, and how we behave moving forward drastically can affect our life. One of the things that we do when we are angry is, as I said, act foolishly. And we always pay for the stupidity that follows. And sometimes that payment is the loss of a friendship. And that's because anger is divisive. Anger is divisive. Proverbs 15, 18 says, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. When we are quick to anger, when we are angry people, we say things, that hurt others. We end up saying things a lot of times that we don't mean. And we alienate ourselves and we, we isolate ourselves because people, shocker, don't want to be around somebody who's angry all the time and who's yelling and who's grumpy and who brings them down and is constantly bickering at them. Just no one likes that. So in friendship, it's important that we are individuals that are slow to anger. What happens What happens in our relationships when we act out in anger is that we dissolve the mortar that holds the bricks of those relationships together. And then what we're left with is just a big, heaping pile of rubble. And sometimes, though not often, we can rebuild, but other times there's no chance whatsoever. I lost a friendship of over 20 years. I'm 28 years old, so that should tell you about how long I knew this individual. I lost a friendship of over 20 years. And the reason I lost that friendship is because in a time that we were both extremely angry with one another, some justified, some not, we behaved poorly. We acted out in our anger instead of letting cooler heads prevail, taking the time that I said we needed to think about what's the right way to handle this. And instead, we yelled at each other and slung insults and brought up old wounds and Both of us were going for the jugular. Both of us wanted to win. Both of us wanted to vindicate our anger. Both of us fed our anger the feelings of the other person. And a guy that I was pretty inseparable with for over 20 years has no part in my life whatsoever anymore. And it hurts still to this day. I've got two little girls that he has never met. He's got a son that I have never met. And we used to talk on a daily basis multiple times a day, and I don't even know where he is right now. I would assume somewhere in this region. Because I was angry, and I decided that I would rather win. I decided that I would rather be right. I decided that no matter what, I was justified and I didn't just dissolve the mortar that held the bricks together. I brought a wrecking ball in and just completely destroyed the building. Now, I would like to think that both of us said things we didn't mean. Now, I know I said things that I didn't mean. I would like to think that he did as well. When we have situations like that, when we wronged somebody, it's never too late to apologize. Now, I will be honest, that's something that I have not done yet. Part of it is because I don't know if I'm to that place. I don't know if it's a maturity level or what, but sometimes it takes us a a while to get to a point where we know and are comfortable with saying we're sorry. Part of it is fear. Because what if I apologize and I say, I said things I didn't mean, and the response is, well, I meant everything I said. Don't contact me again. Now, I got to be honest with you. I don't think that that friendship can be rebuilt to a place that it was. I think that what we can do best is maybe turn a heaping pile of rubble into like maybe a peaceful meadow. <laughs> but more than anything, I, I just want them to know that I don't harbor ill will. That in every wrong thing I did and every wrong thing I said and When I acted out in anger, I know that it was foolishness and I didn't mean it. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can all say that there's been a time in our life where we said things we didn't mean, we acted in a way that we're not proud of, and there's somebody out there that we may need to apologize to. Maybe you've already done that, but maybe you haven't. And it's never too late to do so. Anger is divisive, and not only can it divide our friendships, but it can divide our soul if we let something like that live in us and fester in us, then all we're doing is separating ourselves from God. And that should never take place. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And we must seek forgiveness. And the reason we must seek forgiveness is because anger gives way to sin. Proverbs 29.22 says that an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. Anger itself is not necessarily bad. There is such thing as righteous anger. Like there are times in your life when it is okay to be angry. When you are justified in being angry. But be angry and do not sin. That's the part I think that a lot of times we struggle with. That's a train. How can we in our anger still handle things in a godly manner? How can we still do things in a right way? It starts with the understanding of one, knowing that anger is divisive, knowing that it tears others down, knowing that it tears us down. And it ends with knowing that there is a God and there is his son who I guarantee you at some point in life have been angry with us. But they still love and they still show grace and their goal is still to bring us to a place of right. And so when we're angry in life, especially when it's justified, it is okay to express that anger, but only if we do it in the right way. Only if we do it in a loving manner. Only if we can approach it from a place of humility and grace. And listen, it may be as simple as saying, look, what you did there makes me angry. You may not, feel like it should have. You may not feel the need for forgiveness, but I want you to know that I was harboring ill will towards you or anger and resentment towards you, and that that's gone. It's forgiven. I'm going to move past it. And the response we receive at times, we just have to let it be the response we receive. But we can't allow our anger to dissolve relationships with people and we can't allow our anger to be a stumbling block and a roadblock for others in their relationship with Christ. Ephesians four twenty six thirty one. 31 remember that verse be angry and do not sin do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil let the thief no longer still but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. For building, look, sorry, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. We get angry we slander, we fight, we experience bitterness. But there also must be the stage where we let go. Where we let go. Where we look to write a relationship, where we look to experience forgiveness, where we look to show others grace, Because we are better together when we go through life together. And if we're an angry storm cloud all this time nobody wants to be with us. So how can we experience all these things we've talked about for these weeks if we're just pushing people away with the way we react to every little thing that we end up not liking? James 1.20 says for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. To act out in anger, to act foolishly, is to be sinful. To be sinful is to be separate from God. Don't let anything ever come between you and God. Leave the anger and the angry behind. I'm an individual who struggles with anger. Honesty time. I struggle with anger. Sometimes explosive. Although well, I'm proud to say not very often because at a point in my life it was very often. I was mad at the world and I looked for every opportunity to yell and fight and make somebody else pay for what they had done to me played the victim role really well. When we act out in anger, all we do is end up looking foolishness. Looking foolish. I can think back to time after time when I was in high school and younger and sometimes even a little bit older when I just would explode for no reason and come back and think later, what in the world was I mad about? At the end of the day, what in the world are we really mad about? And is it worth being divisive? Is it worth tearing others down? Is it worth being a stumbling block for them in their relationship with Christ? As Christians, as as people of God, we are supposed to represent Christ and, and God in everything that we do. And if we are not slow to anger if we don't take the time to think about our actions, then all we do is look foolish. And when people know that we're Christians and we act out that way, we make God look foolish. Why do I want to be a Christian if Christians act like that? I know that none of us are perfect. I know that we all have instances where we act in ways that we're not proud of. That's where that apology comes in. And so live life as a person slow to anger. Give your anger over to God. Work on those things together and constantly move in a direction that you think pleases God, that God leads you to be righteous. Show others the love of Christ. Show others who God really is. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, we come to you right now, and we thank you for the word that you've given us today. God, in life, anger is such a divisive thing. And we live in a day and age where anger and foolishness and bitterness are becoming ever so more acceptable. And it doesn't matter how our anger affects others, and it doesn't matter the impact we have on the world around us. It just matters that we are right and that our way is heard and that we feel justified in the way that we think or the way that we believe. God, help us as Christians not to be like that. Whether in public forums or personal relationships, help us to be people who are slow to anger, who always think about our actions before acting, who say that it is more important for me to represent Christ than to be right, than to feel justified, than to make others pay for what they've done. Make us vessels of grace. Help us to see that we cannot be improved in relationships if we are angry every time somebody says something that we don't like. Help us to dig deep and be honest with ourselves and turn over the parts of us, God, that need to be touched by you, that need to be fixed, that need to be healed. Give us the courage to reach out to others. to seek healing of wounds, to mend broken fences, and if nothing else, God, just to let others know that there's no ill will there. Because, God, you have given us grace, and to the extent that we hold others accountable, you will hold us accountable as well. So help us to be vessels of grace too. Lord, we ask all these things in your name. Amen. As usual, I will take my standard spot over here to the left. If you need to pray, if you need to talk about anything, please come talk to me. If you have questions about salvation, what that entails, what that means, come talk to me. If you've lived life apart from God for a while, but you have a relationship with God, you know who God is, you know that He is your Lord and Savior, and you just need to talk about getting on the right track, come talk to me. If you have questions about membership, come talk to me. But as always, I am there to be a shoulder to lean on, to be an ear to listen. And if you have no need of any of those things, then stand and worship the one who is slow to anger with us, who loves us, and who just wants us to share that same love with the people around us. Let's worship.